1: Next, on the OHIO Podcast, we talk about the Big Ten rumors about eliminating divisions. We predict the defensive depth chart heading into practice. And Eric has an exclusive interview with Matt Butcher from Australia. And that all starts right now. Be proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three
2: things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them,
1: if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who wins.
0: It's time for the best Buckeye podcast by fans for the fans where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO podcast.
1: OHIO and welcome back to the OHIO podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Buckeye Boggs. I'm joined by both my co-hosts today, the wild man, Chris Wilds, and Sergeant MVP, Aaron Brown. This show is brought to you by Spire Academy. If you're not satisfied with pickup games and unranked matches, chances are you're aiming higher than most. At Spire, you'll train to be the best. Whether you're drawn to the pool, track, mat, basketball court, or gaming controller, we provide the training you need to achieve your dream. Make sure our facilities are your home or take advantage of free transportation services. Are you ready to unlock your potential? Visit SpireCleveland.com today. That's Spire, S P I R. E. We've got an exciting show for all of you today. Later on in the second half of the show, I actually have an interview with Matt Butcher, who is a listener of this podcast, and a Buckeye fan, all the way from the great country of Australia, and it is an absolute awesome interview. Don't want to miss that. Make sure you hang around for the end of the show for that. But before then, we are going to dive into all the news and rumors surrounding Ohio State, and we're also going to talk defensive depth chart today. So let's start right off from the jump here. Let's go with the big rumors that we're getting here uh, swirling around this week from the Big Ten apparently the big 10 is moving to no divisions, or at least they have talked about going to no divisions. Uh, Currently we sit in an East West division scenario, seven in each where the powers in the East being Ohio state, Michigan, Penn state, and every now and then Michigan state seem to be the best four teams in all of the big 10. Wisconsin might argue a little bit about that. And every now and then maybe Iowa might have something to say about that. But for, For the most part, your powers in the Big Ten are from the East. So the Big Ten is uh, contemplating getting rid of divisions, going to an eight-conference game schedule, and then you would play one ACC and or one Pac-12 team per season as well, um, and then have those eight conference games. And then the two top teams in the conference would then play in the Big Ten Championship game Um, so it could have some rematches involved in that I'm going to start with you first Aaron do you like this do you not like this and why
3: I see I mean I don't get me wrong I see the benefits honestly and and I I do like this move um, because honestly divisions have shown kind of how weak most of the Big Ten is the East has won every single year that we have had a conference championship game and let's be real You know, the two best teams in the conference, they don't play for the championship every year. It's kind of like the West is like this mixed bag, typically Wisconsin, but they're not – I don't know. It's it's kind of weird because they don't – it's like this David and Goliath. You know what I mean? The East is so tough, and it just kind of feels like the West is – David and every every year they get a chance to knock off Goliath. But it it hasn't happened yet. So it just I don't know. To me, it it looks bad. Uh, Nine league games for the argument of strength of schedule didn't seem to matter to the CFP committee. And I think that's why we moved to that system, Uh, because if you look at it, they valued winning their games over almost anything else uh, for the most part. And look at Ohio State in 2017 and 18 one loss. I think they lost to, what, Iowa and Purdue those seasons, and that kept yes. them out of the playoff. Uh, the SEC, meanwhile, I think they play an eight-game schedule, if I'm not mistaken, and every November they play some bottom-dweller FCS school, and they get the win, and they also get the nod for the playoff. So it's, it's like the SEC has the winning formula, apparently. Uh, so I guess if the whole country does it that way, it might work, but— I mean, well, I guess my question is, is does the SEC change what they do now that the alliance is here and potentially take that system over with strength of schedule plus one less conference game the way that they do it? It's I I don't know. It's I got mixed feelings, but I kind of I like the direction that we're going in. I think there's some perfecting that needs to be done, but I, I like the direction. And if you stop and think about it back in the day, this is what the Big Ten used to do.
1: We had minus minus conference championship game.
3: Yeah. Minus the conference championship game. And what was being said about the Big Ten at the time? Oh, you're weak. You play. Uh, OU or or uh, Akron. You know what I mean? And now look at the SEC. That's exactly what they do. And they're the toughest conference. It did. I don't. It's weird. Is it not? Yeah,
1: it, it is weird. Now, I have some disagreements with you. I'll get into that. But let me get Chris's response here first from him. Chris, your overall feelings about this rumor with the Big Ten, do you like it? Do you not like it? Why?
2: I think it's got potential. I think that they, moving in this direction is not necessarily a bad thing. As long as you tweak the way you match up your uh, Pac-10 uh, pack and uh, ACC opponents. And I think that, You know, I think it's a great way to get the best two teams in the championship game. Like Aaron said, the Western division is so weak. You had two choices. You could realign yet again because that's what you'd have to have in order to get a good matchup in that championship game every year is realignment. Or you could go and just do away with divisions. I kind of like the idea of doing away with the divisions, but I think the key is going to be, how you select those matchups for the, the two in conference out of conference games, I guess you'd call them
1: mm-hmm.
2: and you know, get, getting the right teams in the playoff.
1: All right. So <clears throat> let me respond first to Aaron here. I, I think, well, first off I have zero confidence in the leadership of the big 10 first off. Um, I don't know if it was the Big 10 that's holding up the 12 team uh playoff or if it was the Pac 12 or if it's been both or if it's been the ACC. I mean th- there's been rumors about that all circulating all around and I I'm pretty sure given the leadership we have in the Big 10 that we were we were a part of holding you know what's what's holding that up. Um about the conference games and the 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 idea of being weak. I believe what will happen here is the eight conference games mean that two of your non-conference games are going to be against one against Pac-12 and one against ACC. I can't confirm that if it's one or the other, but I think it's going to be both, meaning 10 of your 12 games are going to be power five teams. You have eight conference games, and then you're going to have one against the Pac-12 and one against the ACC. Now, what this does is this is a slap in the face to the SEC. I mean, this is – if if the ACC, the Pac-12, and the Big Ten are basically going to say we're going to play each other two games a year, there's no room for you, SEC, then this is their way of that of making that alliance that they've had, basically saying we're going against you and we're going to make sure that we keep our money in amongst ourselves and you don't get any. Um, is that a good move or not? I don't know. I kind of like it, to be honest with you, but – what I don't like is the idea of doing away with divisions. And let me tell you why we're going to get a lot of repeat games in that conference in the, in the, in the the, uh, big 10 championship game. And I have a feeling it's going to be Ohio state, Penn state or Ohio state, Michigan, just about every single year. And I don't know how I feel Aaron about playing Michigan back to back. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, (sighs) Here's the thing. Does it not take away from that game a little bit? It so
3: looking at it that way, yes. But if you're looking at strength of schedule and strength of conference, I think that it improves it. And it's going to improve the the conference in general because all these other teams that are like, well, all we got to do is win the West and we're in there, you know, that stuff stops. They're going to have to step their game up to get a shot at the Big Ten title game. And some people say, well, you know, you you brought up the 12-team playoff. Well, I think that it sweetens it a little bit. Because back in the day, before there was a conference championship game, a lot of times it did come down to Ohio State and Michigan every single year. Yeah, but they only played one time, Aaron. I know. But if you've got to beat the best twice. You know what I mean? If you can do that. I, I understand that it, it, it kind of ruins the rivalry. I, mm-hmm. I understand. I understand. But do you want national championships, or do you just want to beat
1: Michigan each year? Uh, can I have both? Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> we get to beat them twice. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like, I would be more accepting of this if we get to play Michigan earlier in the season. Then, no. but you and you and I both know that that game's not getting moved. It's going to be the final game of the season. Chris, go ahead.
2: I I throw my body in front of that. And as far as the response to the does it diminish the, the the rivalry, that game, maybe a little. But think back to 2006. Would you not have wanted to see that one versus two matchup again in the national title game, which it should have been?
1: Absolutely. But that would have been the national title game, not the Big Ten championship game. And yeah, that's different. That game that game was about – whoever won that game was going to win the Big Ten, period. That was it. It was the Big Ten championship game. That's what Aaron's saying is back, back in the day, that was the Big Ten championship game before, before there was a Big Ten championship. Now that we have one, we literally are going to have – that game – if Ohio State goes into that game undefeated and we already have an automatic bid to go to Indianapolis and Michigan comes in having to win that game – they're going to do, do you not sit your starters possibly because it doesn't matter at that point. Well, if it's an automatic, it does matter. If, if it's an
3: automatic bid on the line to the 12 team playoff, you okay, I think it, it matters then. So let yeah. me
1: give you this scenario. CJ Stroud is having an amazing season, right? You've already locked it up. Do you risk him getting injury in what is considered a meaningless game? Guys, we already have players sitting out bowl games.
3: No, I don't think that that would be the situation if getting into the CFP was on the line, because I mean, even if you lose that last game, n- you know what I mean? You may I don't know. It's it's kind of a that's a tough situation. And that's a very valid point yeah, that there. And that's when I said that there's some perfecting that needs to be done on this end of things. That's that's what I was kind of thinking about right there, because if you got a lock. Into the conference championship game, and if you win that conference championship game, you get an automatic bid, then, yeah, you'd probably sit the last game of the season, which, again, to your point, would kind
1: of like ruin the rivalry a little bit. Let me ask you this, Aaron. Do you have any faith that Kevin Warren will will do what's right here or do – I mean he's shown no (laughs) – he's given me zero confidence that he's going to do something right here when it comes to Ohio State. No, I, I I don't have much faith
3: in Kevin Warren at this point. He would have to really hit a home run with this idea right here for me to like trust him again because he just everything he touches turns to crap, I feel like, and I, I don't – it's nothing personal, but he's just not good at what he's doing right now.
1: Chris, Kevin Warren, Ohio State, the Big Ten, moving to uh, no divisions. Do you have any confidence the right thing will be done here?
2: No, no. And honestly, even if this guy hit a grand slam with this, I wouldn't have confidence in Kevin Warren. He's he's let's call it what it is. He is a joke as a league commissioner.
1: Just a little bit. Um, All right. So Ohio State then would have to play one Pac-12, one ACC team in this schedule that we're looking at here. Uh, moving forward as soon as I think they said as soon as 2023 this could happen uh, which would be next season not this upcoming season but the following season Aaron I didn't have these on the show notes this is going to be off off the off the cuff here give me one ACC team you would love to see Ohio State play not named Clemson we all know that would be the 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 grand marquee but if it's not Clemson who would you love to see Ohio State take on from the ACC?
3: That is a good
1: question. <laughs> you want me to run down who the who the teams are in the ACC real fast? I'm looking at them right now. <laughs> uh, and then while you do that, uh, Chris, I'm going to ask you about the Pac-12 after, Air, after Aaron gets done looking at the uh, roster or the teams here from the ACC. And you are not allowed to pick USC because we all know – uh, given the fact that uh, the USC uh, Trojans are going to be on the uprising here in the next couple of years in the Pac-12, that would be that would be the big one there. Um, Aaron, oh, it one would yet? be easy for me, Eric. Oh yeah, who you got, then, Chris? I-, I want a Rose Bowl rematch. Oh, you want Utah, huh?
2: I like them. They're gritty. They're 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 solid defensively every year. Okay. Uh, you know, I think it's a good game. Okay,
3: Aaron, you got one yet? <clears throat> Well, are we looking at a competitive standpoint, like for strength Any, of schedule you or can just do for whatever funsies? Whatever you want.
1: Just for funsies, man. Whatever you want, you can set the criteria. Florida State. Yeah, they they were on my list. You know, I, I think Miami's another obvious one, but for personal reasons, give me Pitt. I yeah. want to Yes. I want to, to rub some salt in Mark May's wounds again a little bit.
3: You know and what I mean? Yeah, and they're not. It's not. They're not a bad team either. They're actually. Oh. They're pretty consistent in my opinion. They're. You know, and I'll tell you another fun one for me would be Boston College,
1: just because yes. of Jeff Halper. Yes. I Jeff want to Halfley, see that. Yeah. Um. If it was about destination, uh, give me North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't mind would be, seeing that. Yeah, that'd be fun to go to. Uh, Pac-12. Aaron, you got one from the Pac-12, not named USC. Um, Chris gave us uh, Utah, which I, that was an interesting one there. Um, for me, this is totally just destination. Give me Colorado. I would love to go watch a game in Boulder, Colorado. I think that stadium looks amazing. Really? Um, yeah, I do. I think it, with the mountains in the background and huh. it's beautiful. Like seeing seeing that that bison run onto the field. Wouldn't that be cool? That's got to be one of my top ten best college entrances in, in, in college footballs. Watch running behind a giant buffalo onto the field, man. That's that's sweet. There's a future show idea. <laughs> yes, there is. Very good. That's right. Uh, uh, anything Arizona, too, by the way, just for the weather. Oh, yeah, Arizona's gorgeous. You don't want no part of those bugs, though, my dude. Oh, I've, been, <laughs> I've been there. I've been there. there you could put uh,
3: saddles on some of those things, man. Let's see. Uh You know, um, I wouldn't mind seeing us play Stanford. I think that's a fun one. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, UCLA, I wouldn't mind seeing
1: that. Uh, That's one. Now, I I feel like we played UCLA in a non-conference when I was a kiddo. (sighs) Yeah, yeah, I think that up real
3: fast. I know we got we played Arizona, the Wildcats, uh, in the late 90s. I can't remember the year, but we did play them. We obviously tangled with Arizona State in the Rose Bowl there in 97. So I wouldn't mind seeing those games. I like Utah as well. I'm totally behind that one. Uh, I think that'd be a fun yearly or every
1: couple of years competition right there. Um, Holy crap, I forgot all about this. <clears throat> we lost to UCLA in 2001. Jim Trestle, it. Jim Trestle, first year, we lost thirteen to six. Second year, sorry, first year, yeah, first year, yeah, we lost thirteen to six. Uh, this series is tied four, four, and one. Yeah, most of
3: those matchups were in the Rose Bowl, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Uh, we had one of them in the Rose Bowl because we we beat them earlier in the season, then we lost to him in the Rose Bowl. What was that? Been a long time. That's all I know. Oh, it was seventy-five. <laughs> yeah. Seventy five. So yeah. So that was um that was Archie Griffin and and uh Johnson and Cornelius Green. They beat them at a, at Ohio Stadium. No, sorry. They beat them at in Los Angeles forty one to twenty. Then they went back and played them in the Rose Bowl and lost twenty three to ten. Leg yeah. sauce. That is, yeah. Cooper yeah. beat them in ninety nine, forty two to twenty. Yeah, I'll tell you, I I
3: like the matchup, too, because it's Chip Kelly. You know, it's mentor versus student. I I kind of like the idea of that. That's a good one. So, yeah, those are the schools I'd like to see.
1: Yeah, Chris, you got any But for how long is it, Chip Kelly?
3: Who knows? As long as he keeps winning, I suppose. I mean, he probably will be there, but unless he gets picked up somewhere else.
1: Yeah, the standard at UCLA is not national championships, so. Not anymore. (laughs) Right. Uh, Chris, you got anything from the ACC you'd like to see?
2: Uh, you know, I think obviously, you know, Virginia Tech is always a good one. Uh, Boston College, as you guys mentioned, Pitt. But what about uh, Wake Forest, just based on some recent success?
1: Uh, we blow them out. Yeah, that's. I,
3: they're kind of like Northwestern, you know, like every 10 years they've got a solid team. Yeah, but they don't finish the job. And that's what I think we saw with Wake Forest this year. Yeah,
1: I remember Ohio State played Louisville when they were in the Big East.
3: Yeah, oh, that was long, in the
1: 90s. Yeah, a long, long time ago. And I'm pretty sure we stomped them then. I think we would stomp them now. But there was a time when Louisville had it going right. And that would have been a fun matchup to see. I always felt like Ohio State versus Kentucky would be fun just you know, you're beating an SEC team. You're beating a, a, a rival uh, state to, to the south of you. But I know, obviously, that's SEC, not ACC. But probably we'll never see it happen. Um, fun talk. I know we disagree on it. That's okay. That's you know, we're, we're allowed to do that from time to time. So we'll see how this shakes out here uh, within the coming months as we get closer to the start of the 2022 season. See if uh, Karen Warren comes up with anything beyond that. All right, guys, let's talk depth chart. And how we're going to do this is we're going to do the defense this week. We'll do the offense next week. But I'm going to throw out there who I think will be getting the first reps come day one of spring practice. This does not mean that this person will be the starter come the beginning of the season or that he may not, he may lose his job. I don't know, but here's how I see it shaking out day one. Who's getting the team first team, second team and third team reps from day one by position on the defense. Let's start on the defensive line first and let's start on the outside. The defensive ends. I've got senior Zach Harrison getting reps from day one, and I've got sophomore JT Tumulau getting reps on the first string from day one. Um, Second string, I think we were looking at at Jack Sawyer and probably senior, who will be a sophomore, and senior Javante Jean-Baptiste. And then third string, how about true freshman Caden Curry and senior Tyler Friday? Aaron, do you agree, disagree, why or why
3: not? I I agree with it. I think that that's – I mean that's a very realistic possibility right there. Um, I think we kind of – Tyler Friday had his season taken away from him this year. He did, didn't he? yep. Mm-hmm. So I think that – honestly, I think he might get – the first look, because I as much as we all like JTT and and cheer for him, I think Tyler Friday has the experience factor and maybe even a trust factor. I think he might get the first look on the other side of the defensive end uh, end of things, so. But I think JTT is going to be right on his heels. So I don't know that, like I like you said, I don't know that that's going to be how it's going to be like when the season starts. But I think in the spring, I think Tyler Friday may get the first look there.
1: Chris, your turn. Do you agree, disagree with my assumptions of first, second, and third string at defensive end?
2: Well, I kind of agree with both of you in a sense. I do think the two seniors probably get the look uh starting out in the spring, but I'll tell you what, I'm also going out on in here and saying that by week three, neither of the two seniors will be a starter.
1: Mm, okay. I like I like that. I can see that. I can yeah. see that. Let's kick it to the inside of the defensive line now and talk nose tackle, defensive tackle. Let's start with Teron Vincent, senior coming back at nose tackle and Jeron cage, a senior at defensive tackle. They are the seniors. I think they get the nod, uh, with first string starting off in spring nipping at their heels will be sophomore Tyleek Williams, uh, and sophomore Ty Hamilton. Uh, I think Ty Hamilton will be a redshirt sophomore if I'm not mistaken, uh, Tyler Williams will be a true sophomore, and then you also have I think on third string Michael Hall will be a redshirt sophomore and or excuse me redshirt freshman I believe, and Jaden McKenzie, who will be a sophomore, um, they will be the third string. Uh, I don't think Hero Canoe uh, who will be a true freshman will crack the top three starting off. I think he's more of a project here in a year or two before he sees the field. Uh, again, first string Teron Vincent. And Jerron Cage, second string, Tyleek Williams and Ty Hamilton. Third string, Michael Hall, Jaden McKenzie. Aaron, feel free to agree or disagree with my assumptions here.
3: So, I mean, as well as Teron Vincent played in the Rose Bowl, I feel like it's going to be Tyleek Williams that's going to be starting in that spot. Jerron Cage, it, yeah. Teron, he was just, I don't know, like Vincent had a heck of a game. He did a really nice job. If he could put a string of games together together, that were like that, as dominant as that was, you know, maybe it's his position to lose, but I, I just feel like Tyreek Williams is going to be the guy in that spot. He's just, he was just, in the time that he did get to play, he was consistent and he made a lot of noise. Um, and I honestly, I like him being in that spot. I, I have trust for him. He did the job. Uh, so I think Tyreek Williams will be in there over Teron Vincent. I think in the spring and when the season starts, maybe a couple weeks after the season starts, I just don't think there's any denying Tyleek Williams.
1: Chris, your turn to agree or disagree with my first, second and third string uh, predictions here for uh, the middle of the defensive line.
2: Uh, Eric, I hate to break with you, but I got to go with Aaron on this one. I think Tyleek Williams is getting that start. Uh, He was very, very impressive when he did get in the game. Uh, I do think Cage probably does get at least the first look. But, you know, who knows what happens. You know, we've seen that Ryan Day is not afraid to take those seniors out and get that youth in there if it's necessary.
1: Yes, he, you know, that's true. Now, I will say this in the Rose Bowl, you were right, Aaron. Teron Vincent had him a game, six tackles, uh, Tyler Williams won. So. Um that could be playing time as well, you know, based off a lot of different criteria, why he got more playing time, whether it was just matchup or maybe, you know, Tyleek wasn't feeling well or practice. You know, there could be a lot of different reasons why, but I, I do feel Teron Vincent had himself a very good game that day and will does and he deserves at least the first string look coming into spring doesn't mean he'll be able to keep it I think he gets that look let's go to linebackers and let's start with middle linebacker because the way this defense is going to evolve this year I think we're going to see a lot of four two five which is four down linemen two linebackers and five backs defensive backs so that kind of eliminates your traditional four three uh uh, four three five excuse me or am I doing my math doing right here? Four, three, four. four. Sorry. There you go. <laughs> I was trying to get that twelfth guy on the field there, Aaron, somehow. Um, anyways, so middle weak, strong, or what we call Will and Sam linebacker and, and Mike linebacker, those kind of get thrown out the window, Aaron, in a in a four two five defense, right? It's more more so two middle linebackers. Am I correct?
3: Yeah, you pretty much have one in the middle and the other is kind of there for coverage purposes or blitzing purposes. It it kind of just depends on situation, of course. Right.
1: All right. So let's let's keep it just for the sake of this of this exercise. Three linebackers. A, a middle linebacker, a weak side, and a strong side linebacker. So let's start with the Mike linebacker, the middle linebacker. I've got junior Tommy Eichenberg as the first string in spring. I think he earns that right based off the game he had. I think that he showed that he can be a tackling machine in the middle of that defense. And I think he he's the guy there. Uh, second string, I have Cody Simon. Third string, I have the transfer from Arizona diamante train them but he could very well end up going to the will or sam possibly so i don't know that he's going to be a middle linebacker if he's not i'll give the third string nod to redshirt freshman reed carico eichenberg one simon two uh trainum three or carico depending on what happens to Diamante and where they put him aaron agree or disagree on middle linebacker
3: no, I, I actually like that. I think that uh, a switch got hit for Eichenberg during the Rose Bowl, and I, it's his job to lose in, in my mind. I, I just Cody Simon got a lot more playing time throughout the season, but you he didn't really hurt. hurt. Right, yeah. and he didn't really do much in my like. I just didn't really see him. He he was very inconsistent. I felt like, but I, I think Tommy Eichenberg hit that switch. Uh, because I mean, you just you can't put enough. <laughs> like investment into how he performed at the Rose bowl and and his first start. I mean, he showed up like he'd been playing all season Mm -hmm. and I, I I just think that he hit the switch and I think it's his job to lose. I like what you put together there.
1: Okay. Uh, by the way, I don't think there's any other linebacker position for Tommy Eichenberg. I don't think he can play outside. He's either middle, he's either middle or he's not playing one of the two. Yeah. Uh, Chris, your thoughts on the middle linebacker first, second and third string predictions here.
2: Yeah, I think you nailed this one, Eric. I agree 100% with what you got there.
1: All right, let's go to the weak side next. My man, my new favorite, one of my new favorite Buckeyes, Steel Chambers. He's going to be a redshirt junior next season. I think he is going to get the nod at the weak side. Um, I think the freshman C.J. Hicks is kind of getting, um, kind of getting a nod as being a big time part of that recruiting class. He's an Ohio kid. He's fast. Um, he almost can play corner. So I think he's if he doesn't end up going to the bullet, I think they slot him right here behind Steel Chambers in the week. And unfortunately, Taraja Mitchell, I think, slides to the third string here. Um, he'll be a fifth year senior, but he's not going to he's not going to get more playing time over Steel Chambers. Steel Chambers has earned that right to be first string. Now, there's a very good chance that Taraja Mitchell starts the season off as second string and CJ Hicks third string. But I, I just feel like C.J. Hicks is going to get that playing time. And if that's the case, don't be surprised if Taraja Mitchell is not in the portal by the end of spring. That's kind of a, a little prediction I have here. But um, first string Chambers, second string Hicks, third string Mitchell, Aaron, weak side linebacker. What do you think? No, I, that's, that's incredibly solid right there. I, I,
3: unless Steel Chambers takes a major step back. That job is definitely his to lose. Uh, he played really well all season long. I just don't see anybody taking it from him. Uh, and as far as Taraji Mitchell goes, uh, he can go now. Like he just – what I saw out of him in the Rose Bowl, you know, and the fact that he didn't really contribute most of the season, i unimpressed. For a guy that's been in the program for four years minimum, he's not good. Not good at all. Um, he let the Utah's quarterback slip right through his fingers – even though he had him completely wrapped. I don't know. I, I can't even wrap my mind around how that play happened. But no, I know, I, know. I, I really can't. But yeah, I could see him. I don't know that he transfers, but I at this point, you know, five years into a program, he knows he's not going to the NFL. He can't even get on the field at Ohio State, really. Um, I, I think you got that one 100 percent right. I could see Hicks uh, right there at second string. Chris, your chance to
1: uh, pat me on the back or shoot me down here.
2: I'm going to pat you on the back with this one, Eric. I think you're right. I think uh, by the end of spring ball, is probably in the portal.
1: Let's go over to the strong side now. And here's the thing. This is the position that's going to get axed if they're playing a 4-2-5 defense. But there are times and there are teams that we play, such as Wisconsin, Iowa, and they're both on the schedule this year. Mark it down. You're going to have three, if not four, linebackers on the field uh, when we play these run-heavy teams. That being said, here's how I have the first, second, and third string shaking out on the strong side. Cade Stover's coming back. He, he's coming back to the linebacker room. He was forced back in the linebacker room for the Rose Bowl, and you know what? He did He did honorably well. I won't say he had an amazing game, but he had himself a good game after playing tight end all season. I think he gets the nod as the first string strong side linebacker, followed by the Gotioti IV, um, who was transferred in from USC, who didn't get to play much this past year because of health reasons. I think he's your second string on the strong side. And then how about, how about freshman Gabe Powers, the five-star from Marysville? Um, I see him as my third string strong side linebacker, but I'll also say this, by the end of the year, this position can be completely different than what I've got it uh, marked down right now. Aaron, what do you think? Stover 1, Ga- uh 2, and Powers 3rd here. You know, what you said about this position could be
3: totally different by the end of the season. That's exactly what was going through my mind as you were talking. Because it's just, Kate Stover had a good, good Rose Bowl. You know, a lot like Tommy Eichenberg. He did a really good job uh, when he was on the field uh Gaoriot the 4th I you know for being a I I understand he had some health issues okay but even when he was healthy I I didn't really see much out of him he didn't he didn't look like a guy that was all conference you, you know what I mean so I don't know if the Pac 12 really is that garbage or if he's just yeah, I don't know. Maybe he was just uncomfortable at the time being in Columbus and didn't perform. I don't. I don't know what the issue was, but I don't. I didn't see it. I just didn't see it. I think Gabe Powers is probably going to be the backup. I think he'll be second string over Gay Odio. um, Kate Stover. You know, I. He had a one good game, but it wasn't like Tommy Eichenberg. You know, Tommy Eichenberg played outside his mind. Um. So yeah, I, that's and I think that lends. To what you were saying, this position could be totally different by the end of the season. Gabe Powers could end up being the starter, you know, he's physical. And anybody who follows recruiting knows that he's he's legit, man. He's fast. He could do a lot of different things. So he that's uh, to me. This is kind of a mixed bag position.
1: Yeah, this is I think this one might be more up in the air than any other position on the team. Definitely agreed. Chris, your thoughts, man.
2: Up in the air is exactly what I was going to say with this, Eric. Yeah, Stover had a great game in the Rose Bowl. Gaiotioti, you know, I really don't even think he is second string coming out of spring. I really don't. Sadly, I think the injury issues are too much. As Aaron said, he wasn't impressive when he was on the field. Uh, I'm going to shock you a little bit. I agree with Cade Stover getting those starting reps in spring. I think the true freshman starts the season.
1: Okay. Wouldn't I wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me. But I, I if anything, I would see you would probably get a 50 50 rotation between Stover and Powers, if that's the case. I'm with just, that just with time. Yeah, I could more see that. experience in the program. Uh, Cade Stover is is man strong. I mean, Gabe Powers is, is OK. Let me put it to you this way. Gabe Powers has been built in a weight room and on a football field. and And he's he's above average. He's way above average but Cade Stover is country strong boys and he's he's got a man's body all right and there's just i think i think the time in the program and being around coach Mick is what is going to add to to his ability to see the field you know more often than what a Gabe Powers does but this could be one of those things as as the season progresses Gabe Powers reps increase his time on the field increases let's go to cornerback and this is the as as solid as you're going to get man Quarterback one, first string, Denzel Burke, right? I mean, there's no argument there. He's a – Can't argue with that. True sophomore. No one's going to argue with me on that one. Here's where it I, it's just – you throw some names in there. I put Ja'Kalen Johnson, a redshirt freshman, as the backup on the second string, and Legend Cavazos, the redshirt sophomore on the third string. Who knows? It could be – It could. you could flip-flop those. I don't know. But Denzel Burke one – Ja'Kalen Johnson, two. Legend Cavasso's three. Now let's go to the other side of the field here real quick and talk about the other cornerback position. I think it's the fifth-year senior, Cameron Brown, who decided to come back. He's obviously going to get the first-string reps. I think Jordan Hancock, the redshirt freshman, will be his backup. And then you have Jair Brown, maybe Kai Stokes. I don't know, the true freshman. Who knows at that point right there. But I'm going to definitely say First string, Burke and Brown. Second string, maybe Johnson, Hancock. Third string, maybe Cavassos and Brown. Who knows? Aaron, what do you think?
3: I like it, you know, as far as like the spring and getting the first reps. So Denzel Burke is a lock, no question. And then you're completely right as far as who goes behind him. I mean, shoot, Jordan Hancock could even be behind him. Who knows? But as far as that other side goes, you know, I'd love to say Cam Brown. But I think he might have some some injury issues because I, I don't think did he he did I don't think he played in every game
1: this year, did oh, he? Oh, did. he? he didn't even come close. Um no, really right. close. so, so, so I, you're right. You're absolutely right about that, Aaron. He he might not be able to play. But I think let let's put this, let's put the asterisk there. If Cam Brown is hundred percent healthy, he's your he's your other cornerback.
3: Yeah, I I can agree with that, but I do think that it's going to be an open competition. I don't think that he's automatically going to get those looks the same way Denzel Burke is going to. I think that 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 side is going to be kind of an open competition. I think that Cam Brown will win it, but I think that it's going to be an open competition.
1: Okay. Chris, your thoughts, man. You're up next.
2: Yeah, I I agree there. I think it's – I think it falls exactly the way you have it, Eric. It could be close. I mean, Cam Brown, given his history of injury, you know, and who knows? If he's not able to go early in the spring for one reason or another, one of these young guys slips in there and presses. I mean, were we honestly expecting Denzel Burke to start the entire season at freshman? as a freshman? I personally wasn't.
1: No, we none of us saw it until Minnesota, so, and we're like, what is this?
2: You know, who knows? All it takes is one injury, you know, a couple weeks down, next thing you know, you may see Jair Brown or, or uh, uh, Jordan Hancock in there. So,
1: okay, let's talk then about the um, mysterious position here. Last couple years, we've called it the slot cornerback. They're calling it a corner safety um, or a nickel safety, as Aaron uh, educated me before we started recording here. Um, this is that position that's coming over from Oklahoma state. That's kind of a mystery on what we're going to do here. And I think it's obviously going to be the position of Tanner McAllister, the senior fifth year senior who transferred from Oklahoma state to follow his coach, Jim Knowles over here, by the way, this is the position that'll be out on the field when our strong side linebacker is not on the field. So I think this is definitely Tanner McAllister and a lot of the rumors are that this is the position that's going to call the defense. So who better than the guy who knows the defense better than anybody else that's coming from Oklahoma state to be that guy. So Tanner McAllister is my first string, uh, corner safety slot cornerback, whatever name they want to give him. I think they called him the cowboy position uh, or something like that over in Oklahoma. Um, so that's Tanner McAllister. Second string, I'm going to go with Cameron Martinez just because he's the next guy up on this roster who has the experience at the slot cornerback position under our previous defense. So I'll go with the redshirt softer, sophomore, Cameron Martinez, and then I'll put the redshirt freshman, Andre Turantine as the third string in this position. But again, I don't even know if he's going to be playing this position. I'm guessing. I'm 100% guessing here on Andre Turrentine. But I want to say it's going to be McAllister first string and Martinez second string. I'm pretty confident in that. Who knows about third string? Aaron, what do you think? Yay or nay?
3: Yeah, there there's no question. I you know, I talked about it a few weeks ago when we discovered that he is going to transfer to Ohio State. I said that he's going to be expected to be a leader right away because he knows this defense. So he's he's going to be on the field and I think that this is a good slot for him. And just for the sake of talking about it, this, you know, I, I don't know what they're going to call it. They might call it the Buckeye position since, you know, They like to call it the cowboy at Oklahoma State, and Jim Knowles came from there, obviously. They may call it the Buckeye position. I don't know. But all it is is it's it's the nickel. It's traditionally called a nickel back, and it's called nickel because nickel is five. He is the fifth defensive back, if that makes sense. It does. So as far as who's behind him— I'm not sold on Cam Martinez, man. Uh, I Just watching him in the Rose Bowl, he was getting beat on a lot of routes. He looked and a little lost, didn't he? He did. He did. And I, I don't know. Maybe they throw Ja'Kalen Johnson into that role. Maybe mm. they throw Legend Cavazos. You know what I mean? I don't know. But I'm not sold on Cam Martinez being second string. OK. All right. That's
1: that's fair. You know what? I kind of
3: like Legend Cavazos in that position. I do, too, because he's shifty a little bit yeah. there, and that's that's like Sean Wade because that's what Sean Wade did before he went to the outside. He was very good at covering.
1: Yeah, when the, he the was in that position, he was a first-round draft pick. When he left that position, he became lost, and he's still lost, apparently. Yeah. Um, Chris, what do you think here, man? Tanner McAllister won. You agree with Aaron? Martinez might not be two?
2: Yeah, I think McAllister's definitely won, and I think after that, it's up in the air.
1: Okay. Let's talk about the bullet. I again, I, next to Denzel Burke here, I think this one is is as solid as you get. Ronnie. Pretty much a yeah, <laughs> Ronnie Hickman's our bullet. Uh, this is the strong safety as as the other term that Aaron would throw at you here. Um, I got Court Williams uh, behind that, and then I got the freshman Sonny Styles in at the third third string here, but that might change if if Cort Williams doesn't step his game up this year, this being his third year on campus. Do not be shocked if they don't let Sonny Styles take that second string and be Ronnie Hickman's backup here. Uh, but right now, going in the spring, Hickman first string, Williams second string, Styles third string. Aaron. Yeah, yeah, this is uh,
3: this is the Denzel Burke complete lock position right here. There's no question, it'll be Ronnie Hickman. The way he played this year, lights out the whole time, man. Uh, Court Williams, you're 100% right. I agree with that. If he does not step his game up, I would totally expect Sonny Styles to take that spot. So I, I I'll tell you I really liked when we got Court Williams I I thought he had a very high ceiling but mm-hmm. unfortunately he's nowhere near that ceiling right now no. so he I I don't know that he'll be second but In I think fact, this springtime that'll be the case
1: I, I wouldn't be shocked if we hear that Court Williams moves to the linebacker room
3: yeah that's that's completely fair too but at this point the linebacker room.
1: It's getting kind of crowded. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it went from having nobody to having everybody now. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird how that worked out, huh? Yeah. Chris, what do you think here of, uh, about our bullet position?
2: Well, it's definitely Hickman at one. And I think Williams does initially get the nod as the number two. But I'll tell you what, all 11 positions better watch out because if anybody slacks off, they're going to put Sonny Styles in there
1: that's true that's true he can play any of them all right moving to the free safety position this is this one is the one that if you have a highlighter out you want to highlight this i think this is the one that the defensive coaches are really concerned about and it's not about who's there it's about health it is about health can josh proctor come back healthy can lance lathan ransom return to the this team and it at any shape or form at the beginning of the season from his horrific injury in the Rose bowl. Um, Is Marcus hooker even a part of this team at this point? I don't even know. Um, So here we go. I've got Josh Proctor one. If he's, if he's available come day one for spring ball, He's your first-day starter. But here's the problem. I don't think he's going to get reps at free at, at free safety come day one of spring because I think they're going to take their time with him. He's played a lot of football in his time at Ohio State. He was probably in line to go pro at the end of this year if he wouldn't have got injured in the Oregon game. So he's probably not going to get a lot of reps in spring game – or in the spring, spring ball going in the spring game. But he is – your first string free safety. Followed by, unfortunately, Aaron, Bryson Shaw. Stop. <laughs> Lathan Ransom is hurt, dude. He's not going to be your second. He Lathan Ransom, in fact, I put Lathan Ransom third string, but he's not because he's not even going to be there for spring. So in all in all in all practicality, Jansen Dunn is your third string safety. So that means Bryson Shaw is going to get all the reps this spring. How do you feel about that, Aaron? I think uh, Jansen Dunn has a shot
3: to to take some <laughs> <laughs> has a shot to start. <laughs>
1: that's what I think.
3: <laughs> what about oh. Sonny Styles in that spot, man? I wouldn't be upset about that either because he's tall. You know what I mean? And he's athletic and linky, so I mean he's got the wingspan. He could do it. You know that's that's why I liked like when we were discussing like why is Ryan Watts not playing free safety? I still have no answer for that, but now he's gone, so whatever but Sonny Stiles is there and he's built a lot like Ryan Watts. Maybe he, I think he's actually taller. So you know what I mean? I think Sonny Styles has a shot to move down into that free safety spot. It's just, the question is, is can he get to those zones fast enough? Can he get the depth, which I I have faith that he can, but Bryson Shaw is the one who played. He's going to get the looks. And then there's also Josh Proctor, as you mentioned. So, I don't know. I wouldn't be upset, though. Sonny Styles getting reps at free safety. I would not be upset at all.
1: If Marcus Hooker is still part of this team, Bryson Shaw or Marcus Hooker, who you got? Well,
3: I feel like you're setting me up here. but
0: (laughs) (laughs) You you know
3: how I love my hookers, dude. Come on. Uh, Yeah, I know. uh, Dude's broke from all the – but uh, yeah. Give
2: me TJ Hooker over Bryson Shaw.
3: I don't even know who that is, but you're right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's an old William Shatner TV show, man.
3: <laughs> we'll go with it. We'll go with it. Um, yeah, I, 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 I have to say, Bryson Shaw because Marcus Hooker can barely get on special teams. He's not his brother at all. Like it's uh, as we are coming to find out, he's nothing and, close to his brother. I think it was so.
1: twenty. Was it 2020? He got some starts, and it was like it was a disaster. Yeah, he wasn't good. It he's was not, worse. Than, it was worse than Bryson Shaw. Yeah, he's not
3: a good player, man. I hate to say that,
1: but he at is, least at least Bryson Shaw is in the play. Let's put it that way. He might be behind the play, but he's in the play. Yeah, he's there within, were times Marcus Marcus was on the other side of the field nine times out of ten. The, the ball went to the left; he's on the <laughs> right. So it's like, what are you doing? And
3: that's what I was going to say. At least Bryson Shaw's within twenty yards. You know what I mean? <laughs> but that's no closer in general. As a as a general rule, Bryson Shaw's twenty yards away. So,
1: Chris, what do you think? Is this the Bryson Shaw? Position after Proctor?
2: I hope not. I, most likely, yes. Uh, I would. At this point, I'd really like to see Sonny Styles get a shot there because I just don't think Bryson Shaw's. I, I don't think he's the answer. I just don't. If Proctor's not able to come out, and, you know, we know he's not going to start the spring, but I don't know that he starts the season. So. I would really like to see another option here versus Bryson Shaw. But you know what? If he's the guy we go with, he's the guy we'll support. So.
1: All right. Last question here before we uh, take a quick commercial break and come back uh, with our uh, Aussie interview. By the way, Aaron, I did make sure and tol- tell him, thank him for all the punters. So.
3: Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> solid, solid shout out for that.
1: Hey, there you go. All right. First string on our defense here zach harrison jt2 mulau or tyler friday as you guys said teron vincent or Tyler williams deron cage steel chambers tommy eikenberg Cade stover gabe power somebody denzel burke cameron bound cameron brown tanner McAllister, ronnie hickman josh proctor if he's healthy and if he's not playing bryson Shaw. confidence level in this defense same as last year more than last year, less than last year, based solely on the players, not the coaching staff and not, you know, not the scheme, just the players here. Aaron, what do you think? Same, more or less going into the
3: spring? My confidence level right now is slightly better than this past season and the reason for that is a lot of those guys didn't start before or played minimal time and they got a trial by fire this past season and they did pretty well. And now you got a new system coming in that should make them more effective. Then you throw in that they're, they're learned experiences. I have a, a slightly higher confidence level going into this season.
1: Okay. Chris slightly more or more same less. What you got? You
2: know, I, I'd like to say it slightly more based on the experiences Aaron mentioned. But you know what? One big thing we lost was we lost a lot of leadership when we saw Haskell Garrett, you know, leave yeah. this year. That that concerns me a little bit because somebody's going to have to step up and be the leader.
1: Mm-hmm. Now.
2: I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say it's the same right now.
1: Same? Okay. Yeah. Now, let me do this. Let me throw the coaching staff in there. Given the di- change in coaching staff, now how do you view this roster with the change in scheme, with the change in coaches? Are you more, same, or less confident, Aaron?
3: Well, that that's part of what I was saying earlier. You know, he, the experience factor plus the new system that should make them more effective in what they're doing. I am I'm slightly more confident. Better coaching on top of it.
1: All right, Chris.
2: I'm going to go more when you put in the new coaching.
1: Mm
4: -hmm.
2: I think that's going to make a huge difference. Just the level of aggressiveness we saw out of Oklahoma State's defense under Knowles, if he can bring that to this talented roster, I'm much more confident.
1: I am as well, and I'll tell you why. This is basically the same defense minus Haskell Garrett. It's a lot of the same guys. So you have all that experience coming back with a change, I think, in philosophy, scheme, and coaching. Um, I'm a little little worried about the Notre Dame game. It's at the beginning of the year, and this is a completely different scheme, and they're going to have to get themselves used to it, like Aaron has, has pointed out to us. But I think once we get into Big Ten play, I think our defense is going to look very different, and I think Ohio State is going to be challenging to be one of the best teams in college football next year, given our offense, which we will talk about next week do me a favor everybody um pause this go to whatever device you're listening to our podcast on whether it be itunes spotify stitcher or one of the other ones podbean whatever and go give us a five-star review um i i have seen an uptick lately and new listeners, and that is simply because they are finding us when they do a search for Ohio State football podcasts, and they're finding us, which means we're getting more people giving us five-star reviews. That's that's how the algorithm works, especially with iTunes. So please do that for us, and you'll hear why as we come back from break, because the next guy we talked to, Matt Butcher from Australia, found us doing that very thing, which means all of you helped to get us to him, all right? So please do that. Give us a five-star review. And if you already have, try to do it again. Who knows? Maybe maybe it will let you do it again, and we can meet, reach more Ohio State fans just like you who are listening to this. All right. Hang tight. When we come back, we're going to have that uh, awesome interview from a Buckeye fan from Australia. The OHIO Podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. And welcome back to the OHIO podcast, everybody. And I am now joined... By Mr. Matt Butcher, we're going to try to do this today. He is a OSU fan and a listener from Australia. Welcome to the podcast, Matt. Good night, Eric. How you doing, mate? Doing just fine. So let's just start from the beginning here. How did you get connected with the Ohio podcast? How'd you find us?
5: Yeah. Uh, well, as as you know, in Australia, we don't have a lot of. Um, podcasts in regards to college football or anything like that. So I just, I, I followed one and I thought oh, I'll keep searching for more because you can never get enough of um, the Ohio State news. So when I just typed in Ohio State Buckeyes on um, the podcast section on the iPhone, you guys come up and yeah, I thought I'll oh, we'll give this one a crack. I listened to one podcast and I'm a big fan but I don't know the ins and outs exactly of um like recruiting, coaching and all that kind of stuff and the way you guys when you've done your last podcast uh, explained everything it's sort of put into layman's terms for you know people who aren't who haven't grown up around that sport. yeah so uh, and that's when I got on Twitter and just said to you guys, hey man, love the show like I only listened to the one and actually listened to your new one this morning about the um I tenure. Um but it just you you made it easy to understand the ins and out of what the the team need for the upcoming season
1: fantastic man. I appreciate that so uh how did you become an Ohio state football fan um yeah. obviously uh, i i don't I don't know if you were a student or not, but how did that all happen
5: not nah, so it's a long story um uh, about three years ago, I was watching um college football and like we we get it on a Sunday. So got up one day at 5 a.m. and one of our local or the Australian um, sports betting agencies had a competition to go and spend Christmas Day with LeBron and the Lakers in San Francisco against Golden State Warriors. And I ended up winning the competition. So all was well, go over, did the Christmas Day watching Golden State Warriors and Lakers. And then we went to L.A. to watch... um, the Lakers versus the Clippers, and we're staying at the Intercontinental. And this is Christmas time, 2018. And walking out of the hotel, and I see these cop cars and these about five big black buses. And I'm thinking, geez, what's going on here? And next minute, the Ohio State bus at the end with the Rose Bowl and everything all over it pulled up to the motel and end up staying at the same motel. So I said to my missus, oh, this is the Rose Bowl, which is um, starting. I think it was New Year's Day or day after. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, yeah, so they all come off the bus. Like at the time, I'm 30s. I'm I was 37 at the time. And these kids are 18, 19. Like, I'm looking up to them. Like I'm 5'10". Like, I'm not the small, <laughs> but I'm not the biggest. I'm looking up to these kids. It's going, holy hell, look at the size of these kids. <laughs> and the thing that – the reason I started supporting them was you see all the supporters – like, I seen one lady, she said she was 89 years old. She had the Ohio State earrings, the sunglasses, the hat, the shoes, the tracksuit pants. She had everything on. I said, how long have you been supporting them for? And she's like, I've been supporting from for nearly 60 years. And I'm thinking, wow, you, you don't get this type of support for teams in Australia. And I just said to the missus when we got home, right, this is my college team. If they can support the team like this, so can I.
1: That
5: is awesome, man. Yeah, and just and then like then we went out to Universal. Every second person out there had red on hats, <laughs> shoes, jerseys, you name it. And, and it was, I just thought, this is I love sports. Sports like my passion. I said if we could support teams in America like this, we should we could bring it back to Australia. It's just second to none, second to none support that you guys have for your teams compared to like what a lot of people do in Australia.
1: That is a really cool story, Matt, and uh how how unique, you know, the the Ohio State fan base or Buckeye Nation as we call it is just yeah. we are a rabid fan base uh for for this team in this university specifically for Ohio State football. So, uh you've been a fan now for a, a little bit now, so tell me who's your favorite Buckeye past or present? Uh my favorite was Chase Young. That, oh
5: yeah, his, that was a, the, the that Rose Bowl was the last year I think it was. Purely because I try and relate to like rugby league players, that because that's my major sport, mm-hmm. and the blokes who do all the hard dirty work. Um, and just by watching Chase Young play and defend, it's just like, yeah, this dude's a pure beast. I, I just <laughs> from there, just I couldn't I couldn't support anyone else. He was the man. For me, so that yeah. and him and Justin Fields,
1: right, right, yeah. Justin Fields was amazing too. Probably the best quarterback we've ever had at Ohio State. Um, yeah. So uh, there is a lot of similarity to uh, American football, as we call it, uh, yeah. and and rugby. So did you play rugby? was that your sport of choice there in Australia? Yeah. Well, like most times, when you're a kid growing up, you had
5: a well, I'm in a country town of twenty eight thousand. So I'm about six, seven hours away from Sydney. Um, so I grew up playing soccer, but then when I got older, mum wouldn't sign the permission slip to let me play rugby league. Um, so I was allowed to play Aussie Rules, which is where current Ohio State punter, Jesse... Is it, Marco, you yeah. It okay? he, he He grew up playing Aussie Rules. So... Played till I was about 15. Um, then a lot of my mates were league boys, so I started playing rugby league from uh, 16, just in the country. Um, 16 till after about three or four comebacks and knee reconstructions, I had finished up about 28.
1: Yeah, so there, there are obviously some some differences. I think rugby guys are some of the toughest dudes I've ever seen. It's It's <laughs> a sport that's not necessarily – Uh, taking the mainstream here in the U S and and I don't know that it will with the love affair we have with uh, American football Um, and same kind of same applies to, to uh, what we call soccer or what the rest of the world calls football. Um, It's just not, I mean, it's it's getting more popular here in the U S but most of our best athletes gravitate towards what we call the big three, which are American football, basketball, and and baseball which you guys have a pretty good basketball program in australia as well um but you know it's funny because ohio state is known for football i mean that's what we're known for it we've we've had some pretty decent basketball teams over the year but this fan base they they live and breathe american football so tell me what's it like So I'm assuming most of the time you watch us, it's early in the morning in Australia if it's live or do you have to catch the games mostly on, like, uh, you know, taped uh, uh, tapes or or how do you you catch – how do you consume Ohio State football, I guess?
5: Yeah. Uh, I get lucky. Like, uh, I I need a sponsorship with, like, Red Bull or something because I get up at – we have ESPN, like, pay TV over here. So if it's on at 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 6 o'clock, I'll get up and watch it. Um uh, sometimes generally you'll get lucky, and then it'll be on at say 10 or 12 a.m. Um, like breakfast time, and then I've got other ways of watching it. Um, I, as long as uh, the major corporations don't listen to it, like it's like internet TV.
1: <laughs>
5: gotcha, right. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got it. I've got it covered whichever way. So, but it's mainly on a Sunday. Um, so. I call it Super Sunday. My, my wife and the three kids know if football's on. You either sit down, watch that, or go outside.
1: Is there any other college teams you follow other than Ohio State? Are you strictly just following the Buckeyes? Uh, well,
5: originally I'd sort of just gravitate to who the Aussie players or Aussie kids would go to. So uh-huh. I know I'll, I'll get in trouble, but I, I was originally an Alabama fan. Because of- <laughs> uh, purely because of Jesse Williams. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But like, I didn't have any merch or hats or anything like that. And part because I'm a New York Giants fan, and I've been one since '04, so that's the only team I could support. Like every other major sport, I couldn't couldn't gravitate to a team. But then when I won the trip and then went overseas, I saw like seen the passion for the Buckeyes. Um, the Golden State Warriors are the same colors as my rugby league team in Australia, so I started supporting them. And then we went to an LA Kings game, and so I thought, yep, you know, I'll start supporting those guys. Uh, So I got rid of all, like, the college hats that I just bought from when I'd visited the States, sold it all, sold everything I had. The only team stuff I've got now for college is Ohio State. There you go. So, yeah, everything, nothing, I've sold it all. And I've got a friend who lives in Alaska, so she helps me out trying to get all the gear because over here you can't find anything.
1: So uh, Jesse Murko is the second Australian punter we have gotten. The first one was Cameron Johnston back uh, in the yep. uh, 2000s, and he was he was phenomenal. We we fell in love with that guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I Aaron told me to make sure Aaron Brown from the podcast make sure to made sure to tell me to tell you Matt. Thank yep. you for our punters.
5: <laughs> <laughs> no dramas, man. There's a list of like they got a um a program out. Here. It's like. Uh, Oz punt or something, some national thing where they teach all the uh, punters to, yeah. If they want to try and crack it in the states, they go to this program, um, mm-hmm. and it helps them, yeah, get over there.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's. I'm pretty sure that's where Jesse Merko came from. So, uh, yeah, and that's when our recruiting, man, our recruiting goes everywhere, even even to the land down under. So, tell yeah. me, um, how many how many other Buckeye fans are around you are you kind of flying the flag solo or are you have you found other people like yourself in Australia who follow Ohio State football
5: yeah um well in my like I said I'm in a little country town so I'm the only one that I know of uh, but on Facebook there's a, an Aussie page uh, Buckeyes I think down under it's called I think there's about 20 to 30 people on that page like it's not a lot but you know we'll start small and we'll get there
1: yeah, absolutely, man. I I, I do know. I want to say that there are a few people that I've seen who went to college here at Ohio State and live in Australia, whether they were from originally from Australia or here from the states. I'm not sure, but I yep. do know there are several of those folks. So that's pretty cool as well. Yeah. Um, so so tell me. So is there any questions you might have ab- about our podcast or about Ohio State football or anything you would like to know? That maybe I can answer for you.
5: Well, I, I I sent this out last week when I found your podcast. Like everyone, I mean, I've, I've virtually joined every Facebook page and everything else. The thing I couldn't grasp was, okay, Justin Fields is now playing for Chicago Bears. Right. And being a Giants fan, I'm like, no, nah, I'm not supporting him because he he plays for Chicago. So I put it out there saying, how do you support? You know. Kids that have only played for the college for two or three years, who are playing for another team like Ezekiel Elliott. Dude's a beast, but I hate the Cowboys. (laughs) Gotcha. And 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 everyone like I think I got about 150 200 replies. Everyone was just saying you support the player, not the team, because you know most people have their team, but then they support them because it's a um yeah. A Buckeye fan, like even Joe Burrow, like he was here
1: for what a year? Is that correct? He was before here actually for three years before he I left. Think, yep. Yeah, so he actually graduated from Ohio State, and yep. before he transferred to LSU, where he played for two years, and now he's back here in Ohio playing for the Cincinnati Bengals. So yeah, yeah that's a that's a great question, uh, Matt. And I and I'll be honest, for me personally, and it might be different for everybody. Yeah, I'm not a huge NFL fan. Um, yeah. It, it i i love the college game for the for the fact that these are mostly still young men we call them kids but they're young men yeah um who who play for the love of the game now until recently when the NIL laws took place oh. where they can get money for their name image and likeness these yeah. were amateur kids who who all they had was a scholarship that was all they were given so they were playing for the love of the game and they were playing more for the the name on the front of the jersey Ohio State versus yeah. their own name on the back of the jersey Yeah in the NFL it's completely different it's a business and so yeah. it for me personally, I root more so for the former Buckeyes who are in the NFL, the player more so yeah. than the team. But to be honest with you, I, I was, I was, my parents were, they raised my brother and I to be Cincinnati Bengals fans, which, <laughs> been pain, okay. yep. which has been painful over my lifetime until just recently. But, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, it's kind of weird because on, on Sunday, I was following the former Buckeyes more so than I was the Bengals. Yeah. And I would say for a lot of Ohio State fans, it is that way. Now, there are a lot of fans who around here, like, for instance, Chris is a, is a Cleveland Browns fan. Uh, you have Aaron, who is a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Yeah. And I think how we do it is you just separate the two. You have a college team and you have an NFL team. And – and you kind of secretly root for the former Buckeyes, even if they play on another team. But on Sunday, yeah. you're rooting for you're rooting for the team of your choice, yeah, just exactly. like you were rooting for the, the the Buckeyes on Saturday. So that's a good question, and it's one that I'm am sure a lot of our listeners kind of tackle with themselves on on Sundays or Monday yeah. for you that would be. <laughs> and
5: and, that, and that's what the uh, the consensus was. You could say it was probably about uh, 65, 35. They had a team, but they'd support the Buckeyes more the players more like they're, they're they might like you said go for Cincinnati Bengals but secretly they're rooting for the other team because they've got more Buckeyes fans in it mm-hmm. and um, yeah but I, like I said I just the passion and everyone on those Facebook pages have been so like helpful if I just ask a question you know you don't get it, you don't get any smart asses coming and saying oh, why are you supporting the team if you don't know type thing but I'll just say look from Australia, can you help me out with a question? Just want to know so I can get get as like as passionate as I can for the Buckeyes down here is what everyone else is. Yeah. And um, ho- hopefully, through a friend uh, whose cousins go to um, Ohio, I haven't asked the wife yet, but I'm trying to get to a game at the end of the year.
1: Oh, that would be fantastic. Well, yeah. here's the deal. Here's the deal, man. I live about 25 minutes from campus from the horseshoe. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you get a chance to come here. You let me know, man. I want to definitely treat you to a nice dinner and ah. uh, show you around the campus and things, man. It's Sweet, it is, man. It is, it is it is like the cathedral of football. Uh, Ohio Stadium is the we call it the horseshoe. Yeah. And it is remarkable. And I, I tell everybody you have to at least come to one game in your lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's nothing like it, like seeing it in person. So if you get that opportunity, you please you let me know. Chris and I, Chris lives just a little bit north of me. We will treat yep. you and, and, and your wife or whoever comes with you and we will make sure that you get the best Buckeye experience you possibly can get, Matt. <laughs> Man, that would be awesome. Like
5: pr- prior to COVID kicking off, I'd actually booked in a um I was putting together a sports tour for all the teams that I follow. So what uh-huh. I'm trying to do is catch the game that I'm trying to get to is Ohio versus Michigan. So that'd be the last game of the year.
1: That would be the one, man. <laughs> that's that's so, that game. Of course, you probably you probably know Michigan is is our is our big rival, right? Sorry, I mean, it's, yeah, I, I was
5: devoured when they when they beat us.
1: Oh, it, it, it's been. I mean, it's been a. Uh, it's one of those things. Having grown up in the '90s. Yeah. Uh, they dominated us, and and of course Michigan. You'll see, you'll experience this. There's, there's nothing like it. Like most college Saturdays, when Ohio State's playing somebody, the fans are generally nice. Now we might boo the other team just out of you know just just yeah. for fun, just for sport. But when Michigan's around, like it, it there's hate there, dude. I mean, there's <laughs> literal literal hate between the fan bases and the teams. It's amazing. Uh, so if that's the one you're going to come to, yeah, you by all yeah. means let us know. So, uh, I'll so be I'm, there that day.
5: Yeah, so what I'm trying to do is because I'm a New York fan and I've experienced that hate between teams. Like I'm a Yankees because baseball in Australia back in the you know, 90s wasn't too big. So you sort of just went for one of the bigger teams. Sure. So I'm trying to get to a giant, like New York Giants, uh, Yankees game. Then go to Michigan, then go to LA to watch the Kings, and then San Francisco to watch the Warriors. And about 13 years ago, we went to a game at Fenway Park. It was um, the Red Sox versus uh, who was it? Oakland A's. Mm, we went okay. went to this bar just down the road, and this big dude sitting there at the end of the bar. It looked like he'd had a had a few beers already. Come in, and he goes, "Hey, fellas, how you doing?" So yeah, we're good." Yeah, oh, so what is what he's doing? I said, I just went to the baseball. And he goes, well, who do you go for? And I knew the full history between the Yankees and the Red Sox. My mates are sitting there just going, what's this bloke going on about? I said, oh, mate, I'd rather not tell. I said, why not? He goes, why not? I said, well, uh, if, I, if I tell you which team i go for, I'm probably going to get flogged. And he got up off his chair with a bar <laughs> stool and said, are you a New York Yankees fan? I said, yep. And he went to swing. I said, mate, if you want to swing, I've got two old blokes behind me. I said, in in Australia, baseball's non-existent, so you go for the big teams. I said I'm a Giants fan, so I stuck with New York. And he sort of sat down and he goes, mm, "Righto, I will let you off the hook." And then he <laughs> proceeded to say to the barman, "Give him three jugs of beer, please." So I'm like,
1: "Yeah, okay, this is this shit's for real." <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so that 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 take that times ten. And now you have a host at Michigan, so you'll understand. Yeah, <laughs> and,
5: and, and, and it's an experience like of the few major sports that I've been to in the States, like in Australia, like if I went to go see my mate, like my rugby league team, Parramatta Eels, which is um in Sydney, you'd more or less, like I could take my, my opposition mate, go to the bar and just have a beer and, you know, chew the fat, go watch the game go home. Where with the college stuff and like the videos you see, like even the sports movies, you see that passion. You just think, oh mate, I'd give anything just to have a crack at this, you know. Okay. Um, and yeah, just when I watched that Michigan game there when we lost, I was like, no, nah, I've got to get over here. I've got to, I've got to experience it before it's too late.
1: Yes, yeah, by all means, man. That would be, that would be fantastic. Yeah, I want to let you know, Matt. I, I see the numbers of how many people download and where they download from and yep. i know that you're you're kind of a recent listener but you're not alone we we have some pretty good numbers from australia it's the second leading uh country outside of the united states for downloads oh, for our podcast yeah so if the, if i ever find any other people from australia that listen to our podcast i'll definitely give them your information to so that yeah, they man. can uh, hook up with you so you're not alone down there i want you to know that there are other black guys listening
5: no, it's good. Like I said, just the 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 passion. Uh, I, I can still see it. Like I've I've even got my my second daughter. She's only five, but she can tell you what college team we go for. And she'll sit there, like she'll sit on the iPad, but she'll be Dad, when can I get a? And she says, Hi O, when can I get a Hi O jersey? So leave it with me, or I'll get you one. Just and my little son, he's got a little Buckeye shirt that I got off uh, lids.com. But Archie's okay. got one. I want one now. I said, look, go get Dad's hat and you can wear that. She'll sit there. She'll tell you, yep, yeah, we're, we're Ohio fans. Ohio fans all day, Dad. Really um, she doesn't know what's going on, but, you know. they need to know what teams to go for because uh, we're not going for anyone else.
1: All right. So I got one last question for you, Matt. And this one might be a little different because you're from Australia, kind of a new fan here. But uh, what does it mean to you to be a Buckeye? What does it mean? Yeah, what's it mean to you that you're a Buckeye, you're a Buckeye fan?
5: Oh, geez, that's a good question. Um, oh, well, so far with my experience, it just it feels like a big family. Mhm. Um, you know, like I said, I when I first joined up on Facebook, everyone was welcoming, supportive. You know, the they'll ask questions about. Hunters and whatnot down in Australia, and so for me it probably it's just that big family atmosphere or big right. family feeling. Um, like I don't know anyone from a bar or so, apart from a friend in Alaska and that, and um, yeah, just every time I ask a question, everyone's been grateful, answered the questions. You know, people have asked if you want anything sent from a, from America, let us know, we'll help you out. So for me, it's just probably that family feeling that. Regardless of where you're supporting the team from, you know you're still you're still seen as a fan, not a just a you know random Joe type thing. So I'd say right. the, the the family aspect type of thing, like everyone's just one big family.
1: Beautiful, great answer, man. I like that. That was really <laughs> nice. So when we close our show out, we always close it out with a with a IO from our OH. So uh, you will learn, Matt, as a Buckeye fan, no matter where you're yeah. at, if someone yells out OH. You answer with an I-O. I-O. There you go. So here we go. Be kind to one another, I-O someone's O-H, and sing Carmen Ohio with all your heart. And until next time, O-H! I-O! Beautiful. Go Bucks.
4: Oh, come the sang-o. Ohio's praise And songs through all Mater reign, While our hearts Rebounding thrill And joy which Death alone can still summer's heat or winter's cold the seasons pass the years will roll time and change will surely show How firm thy friendship, Ohio. Say goodbye